I haven't thought about any words, to tell you the truth. Ah, but we have some. We have some? We have some words from last week. We have innovation and disruption. Because when we were talking about immunity, we came up with the idea that something like a virus of this sort is it's a disruption, and it challenges, well, in this case, it challenges the SOMA to come up with a mm -hmm. new solution. Or in the case of the response that we have to the illness, right, it challenges our society that it come up with certain things. And so this whole principle of disruption and innovation and, and what innovation does that, you know, the disruption that innovation brings, all right. of that seems to be part of what we're looking at. And in turn, the innovation that disruption brings. Exactly. Right. Right. Just like that. Yeah. Kind of a creative crucible. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing to start with. And um, uh, I mean, it would tie into the last episode where we were talking about that. Yeah, that's true. So I, I'm not sure that we have to look at a dictionary definition of disruption or anything like that. But I guess from a, a theory, theoretical perspective, the whole principle or idea that, that well, okay, so we talk about infinite mind all the time, right? Right. And as soon as you say infinite mind, you're talking about something that is way beyond anything you've ever conceived of. Exactly. So, so, so it's instantaneously challenging. And it's not surprising that there would be a challenge or something that would require somebody like us who have a limited perspective you know, to, to stretch out and go beyond. Yeah, and, and disrupt. In the case of your intent being to press your own envelope, it's like an intentional disruption. Uh-huh. Because when you reach, you got to go beyond, we've got to be, go beyond our envelope in ways we don't even know. I mean, that's what infinite is about. Yes. So it's, it's disruptive in that sense. But uh, the disruption releases that very intentional goal of releasing, revealing the greater aspect of mind always, always, always. And then innovation takes place simply because that's the natural that's nat that's a natural outcome of mind stretched beyond its envelope is is innovation of some kind. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty to me it's it's pretty compelling image or argument or whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. This this, I this idea or the concept anyway of of being stretched and then realizing you know really really understanding that every every time that we've been challenged to have to stretch, we, we've managed to do it, right? I mean, hum, humanity, human beings, uh, have always managed to transcend whatever the limiting circumstances were. Uh-huh. And, this, and it's, it's become something that's just, we, in a way, we know it's our nature. Like when this, when this pandemic erupted, there's a great deal about it, not only at the beginning, but still that we don't really know. There's a great deal of unknown about the virus. But we were operating from the point of view of we will solve this. Everybody's set to work immediately, whether whether they're catching up from a slow start or just in the case of, say, Hong Kong or Singapore, or some of those places that are, they kept all of their disciplines in place to really jump on the thing and contain it straight away. We we went into this with an attitude of like, oh, not not that we're doomed, but, oh, this is a son of a bitch, but we will have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the nature of our consciousness because it's obviously it's an unlimited consciousness operating right in the midst of whatever seems to be going on, causing us so much grief. I think that really is the message that we have for people. Exactly. To really grasp and understand that, that um, if it's, whether it's this challenge of the COVID crisis or if it's your own challenge in your own world, that it's the same source of 
infinite being or infinite consciousness that is capable of responding. I, I've, yes. uh, I've had this, uh, I think, in the last two weeks or so, you know, feeling really challenged about something, one issue or another issue, or I, th I think it was this report that I had to write for work. And I was thinking to myself, uh -huh. well, you know, this, this report is supposed to be written by a scientist, and I'm not a scientist officially, you know, in my capacity of right. the, what the job that I do. And um, and then I thought to myself, well, I've been asked to do this. And okay, so I'm totally flabbergasted and, and upset because I don't know how to do it. But consciousness knows how to do this. Right. <laughs> and it wouldn't be on my on my desk if it wasn't my version of consciousness that could deal with it. So it's exactly right. Because the, uh, the ultimate intention, the ultimate result is present at the very beginning in any kind of a challenge. The problem arrives with the answer in its hands. In fact, the answer precedes the problem. Mm -hmm. And if it's in, if it's been set down in your consciousness, it appears to be an over, overwhelming problem for you. It, except for the fact that you're the consciousness that has the answer ahead of time, it never would have appeared in the first place, as we know from translating the concept and go through the steps. But you know at the outset that the answer has already arrived or else the challenge wouldn't appear. Well, it absolutely. So one of those days when... If you feel like you want to be left alone, I'm sorry. <laughs> your, your, yeah. your infinite consciousness demands to be known, and by God, <laughs> here it is, William. <laughs> I did get the thing done, by the way. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. It's a wonderful example, exactly what we're talking about. So you know, there's, a, there's a message, there's a, there's a direction being pointed out here of, the, of our next step as a people, as a race. Yes. We can do it. Obviously, there's freedom of choice at every step of the way, and so it's conceivable we could screw it up. But that would only be that would only be to by denying that future self, that intended self, that infinite self, by denying refusal, refusing to let go of our current beliefs, treating the disruption as something that we don't want to deal with. We don't want to be disrupted. We just want to stay the way we are. But there's nothing in our evolution that has ever suggested that there was some place in that evolution that we were supposed to be just left alone to not grow. Right. I'm reminded of that story that's been told in several classes where it talks about an intention to communicate, an early man. And, he was, and man, no matter what ability he attained or what he created in terms of tools or devices to help him communicate further and faster, he's never been satisfied with that. Whether you start with cave drawings and then the guy who wanted to send his cave drawing to the next village, so he did his cave drawing on a rock and carried it over to the next village, or then wanted to carry his message further afield, so he developed boating, and boating boats used for fishing were then turned into boats used for communication. Then that wasn't fast enough or far-reaching enough, so he trained birds to carry messages through the air, and that wasn't far enough or fast enough. So he developed the Pony Express and on and on, and steam engines and finally airplanes and finally the telephone. And then from the telephone, we went to all the wireless radio and television. We arrive at the Internet, probing space as we, as we speak at this moment. And we are not satisfied with this, nor will we be, until we are everywhere evenly present. As, One as... thing we can say about our existence is it continues to prove itself again and again and again. We won't be satisfied until we are everywhere evenly present. And that identity is in us right now, pulling us forward, disrupting 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 indeed disrupting indeed yeah yeah and that the only clarification i'd make on that is that when we say that be to be everywhere uh, evenly present is, is from the point of view of a consciousness exactly 
knowingness, knowingness or awareness. Or, and it is true, you know, we can uh, dial up an, a, a URL on, on your browser and you can go and watch what's going on in Pakistan. Exactly. And chat with some friends of yours who live there about what's going on, getting their opinion. Yeah. And, of course, it's all in consciousness because it's all abstract. It's not a it's not a horse carrying a Pony Express rider from here to Pakistan. It's a digital, total abstract connection, which is a very real aspect of sharing life with our Pakistani friends and knowing what's happening as it's happening. That's why everything has gotten smaller, less dimensional, as this evolutionary dissatisfaction of ours has unfolded. It's pretty hard to take those cave walls and carry them into the next state and set them up and share them with somebody. And Moses and his tablets are of another day, but from computers to smartphones to what will soon be, no doubt, almost minuscule chips inside of our heads somewhere, we are, we're totally connected viscerally and uh, immediately with any place, anywhere, unrestricted, because that's what we have always been. That's what the cosmic intention has always been. 